So we're talking about the Grinch's story and the understanding of the Christmas season. And last week, we, we looked at the deeper meaning of why Dr. Seuss wrote The Grinch from his own personal understanding that for him, Christmas had become something that caused a sour feeling in his stomach. And when other people were joyfully decorating and getting ready for Christmas, he was frustrated and he was angry and he wanted to just take everybody's Christmas decorations and do away with them. So he wrote this story of this animal, the Grinch, that lives by itself, isolated in the mountain. And its whole goal was to ruin Christmas for everybody by taking away the stuff. And we talked about the stuff of Christmas. And so we said when everything is wrong, when the, the things of stuff and the things of Christmas are not right, we need to ask ourselves sometimes, are we paying more attention to the stuff in order to celebrate because we think it should be a certain way and, and done a certain way? Or perhaps do we, like the Grinch, need to step back and remember the who and the why we celebrate Christmas? The Grinch thought if he took all the stuff that the Who's were working so hard to make happen and make perfect that he would spoil the celebrations, but he found out on Christmas morning that their celebration was in fact not about the things, but the things were just ways in which to celebrate. And so for us, Christmas is not about the stuff, the decorations, the traditions, but it is about the birth of Jesus Christ who came to be the light of the world and how we can realize that when everything is wrong, that is the time in which Jesus was born. The world was broken. People were hurting. It was as a time of darkness. But then Jesus Christ came to be born in a manger as a light to the world. And so last week we realized that Advent is a time of preparation so that we might remember that it is about Jesus Christ, the one who came to be the king of the world, and that if we are believers are to use this Advent season correctly and wisely, it's to prepare our hearts for the celebration of his, of his arrival. And it is our job to tell the story. But first, we must remember the story well ourselves. So this week, we're going to talk about when Christmas isn't Christmas. And I've heard some of you in the room say that, and I'm fairly certain I've been guilty of saying that before. Well, this year, Christmas just isn't Christmas. It just doesn't feel the same. For the last four years, uh, Will and Aubrey have been at their mother's house on Christmas Eve and Christmas morning. And so for me, Christmas was having to be redefined and having to understand what Christmas actually is. But what if there's something that we celebrate or something that we, we hold as a tradition for Christmas that we say is Christmas but it really isn't Christmas. Have you ever considered that perhaps there is something that we work so hard to make happen or we work so hard because it is something that has been part of Christmas for as long as we can remember that actually has nothing to do with the nativity story or the story of Jesus Christ? So I remember growing up that at my grandmother's house, everybody had these really cool, really awesome uh, stockings 
And everybody had their own stalking. I remember my dad's was the coolest because it was a cowboy boot. Back when he was younger, he was a cowboy. And so my grandmother hand-sewed him this cowboy boot stocking shaped like a boot. And it had a cowboy on a Christmas tree and all that. And I thought his was way cooler than mine. Um, well, one year I was 14 years old. I remember this just as plain as day. Uh, we show up to Grandma's house and everybody's stalking is out there except for mine. Somehow, in the last 365 days, my stocking got misplaced. I'm not quite certain it's ever been recovered. I think somebody stole it. But I remember feeling that year that Christmas was a little bit different. And on top of my stocking being gone, I only had one present that year. And I was exceptionally good when I was 14. That was my good year. That was my good year. But I remember we'd all go around, everybody would open a present, and we'd go around in a circle. And so I opened my present, and we went around, and, and they're like, all right, Matt, it's your turn. It's like, I'm, I'm done. It's all ahead. And they're like, you only have one present? I'm like, yeah, that's it. You know, it's cool, though, but it, it was okay with me for some reason. I don't know why. I say it was, and now I'm still talking about it. I'm burned. <laughs> but for me, Christmas was a little bit different that year, but nothing that made Christmas different had anything to do with the real reason why we celebrate Christmas. And I'm sure if each one of us sat back and thought a little bit about the traditions that we have or the things that we know must happen, the things that we even want to carry on uh, from our own childhood with our, with our children or grandchildren, we could probably all say that some of the things that we do do absolutely nothing to tell the Christmas story. So what does it mean to celebrate Christmas? What may look like Christmas, but really isn't. But what may not look like Christmas, but really tells the story of what Jesus' birth meant for creation. Is there something that we do during the Christmas season that actually does a better job of telling the story of what Jesus came to accomplish than the things that we say are for Christmas? We, we do a really good job as, as a culture of making things look like Christmas. I remember when uh, we went to Disney, I was blown away by this. There was a Christmas store. You could go in this one store, and it was huge. It was like three or four times the size of this building. It was ridiculous. And it was all Christmas-themed stuff. And you could literally decorate your house or even have somebody from Disney decorate your house for Christmas. But very, very few of those decorations really had anything to do with why we celebrate Christmas. They had the right smells. They had the right colors. They had the right options that when you put those up, you could say, oh, this is definitely Christmas stuff. It definitely fit the season, but it had absolutely nothing to do with what Christmas is about. I remember in high school, I had a girlfriend, had an NSYNC poster in her room, and every Christmas she would decorate the characters on the poster. She had little paper hats that she would tape to them and little Christmas lights that she would put around. It was almost like a shrine. It was really kind of sick when you think about it. And so she did a good job of making that poster fit the Christmas season, but there was no manger. NSYNC was not singing Silent Night to Baby Jesus in the manger. We do the same thing with our houses every year. I always say one year I'm going to put my neighborhood to shame and I'm going to dress the parsonage up to look like a gingerbread house. And every year I look at the parsonage and I think about all the work that's put into that and I just realize I'm too apathetic to do that kind of stuff. I remember when I was a kid, though, 
If you've ever been to my office, you'll, you'll see on, on the top of my shelf there's a little gnome. When I was a kid, my mom got into collecting these gnomes. And anytime she got a chance or she saved up some money, she would go and buy a gnome for her collection. And the store where she bought these at, the Smackover General Store, was the coolest place in the world to be because it's like you tripped and fell back into the 40s. And you'd go in and it'd have the smells and all that, and you'd see the little uh, things set up. But at Christmas time, this became a winter wonderland. Um, they would decorate everything in the old-timey, old-world Christmas, and they'd have, you know, the, the cinnamon pecans roasting in the corner, and you could buy a bag and take with you and all. And I used to love to go in there at Christmas. But never once do I remember walking in there and hearing something about the birth of Jesus or peace on earth, goodwill towards men. It was always try this year's latest scent or look what so-and-so did with cedar tree shavings and wax. It's just for Christmas. Give it to all your friends. So all these colors and smells and themes, we attach them to the Christmas season, but they have nothing to do with the remembrance of Christ's birth. And unfortunately, a lot of times the church becomes the exact same way. We get caught up in the idea of Christmas and the joy and the feeling that it brings that we want to establish that. But we fail to talk about the reason why we come together to celebrate. If you will remember, the true Christmas story is about remembering that Jesus Christ is the fullness of God. When God came down to be human in order that we might know him, it's when God came down to save the lost, to free the slaves to captivity, to lift the broken, to redeem what has been taken. And we think of all those terms, those are great, wonderful terms that we like to attribute to Christ. But a lot of us really don't see a lot of people that are captives, do we? We don't really deal with people that are slaves on an ever-in-our-lifetime basis, do we? And we take these things about Jesus and we tuck them away into extreme land. And we're good with that with things of Jesus. We like to put them out there to where they're a good goal to work for, but they're not quite attainable. But then, if we think about Jesus Christ and the reason why he came... He came not only to free people who are in slavery, but people who are in slavery to sin, to bad lifestyles, to poor choices. Jesus Christ is the one who came to save the people who are lost, that have no hope. That when they think of tomorrow or next week or next month, there aren't feelings that it's going to be a better day, but it's a feeling that it can only get worse from here. That when you and I uh, pray when we have something going on, they don't understand that that is an option. Those are the people that Jesus Christ came to meet, to lift the broken. I remember one time I did a funeral uh, for a, a person that uh, was very up front in the fact that they, they were not a believer. They didn't believe in the idea of a God who would come down and, and do something like Jesus did. And, and I remember at that funeral, I was there because the, the family wanted me to be there. I remember the feeling in that place. 
the feeling of no hope that his family was quite certain they knew what happened after he had passed. That his friends who thought the same way of him, uh, just the, the despair and that there, there is nothing better to come. I can't imagine that. I can't imagine a bad day without knowing that tomorrow is going to be different. I can't imagine a bad time in my life without knowing that in six months from now, it's not going to matter. There have been times where I have been able to actually laugh when something bad happens because I, I think of how it's just torn me up inside, but then tomorrow it's not even going to matter. But I can't imagine not having that feeling, not having the understanding that there's life after death, that there is a peace that happens even in the midst of chaos. So our Advent and our Christmas traditions that we celebrate always tell a story. And we have to ask ourselves, do they tell the true meaning of Christmas? Or do our traditions serve for ulterior things? This is something that Dr. Seuss learned in the story of the Grinch is that everybody is always going to tell a story and so the Grinch thought that the Christmas celebration was about the presents, the trees, the foods, and, and the way that the people were just so happy and dancing around. But he soon finds that is not it. So you think about Christmas. If I say the word Christmas season, what do you think of? I think eggnog. I don't even like eggnog, but I think eggnog. If somebody walked up to you and said, Christmas season, what's the first thing that popped to your mind? Probably Christmas lights, right? Colored ones, not white ones, right? Am I right? Yeah, I see some of you shaking your head. It's funny, all the guys are going yes, all the women are going no. no. I'm telling you, colored lights, that's the way it's supposed to be. So we tell a story by our traditions. When I, think, uh, when I, when I, when I bring up the word uh, Christmas at church, what comes to mind? What do you think of? What do you think somebody outside of the church would think of if somebody said Christmas at church? These are all important things for us to consider. Uh, so if we look at the village of Whoville during the story of the Grinch, and I'll tell you this right now, this series is a rabbit hole. I was going to try and come up with some pictures to put on the thing, and after about three hours, I was like, I need to stop this. I'm wasting a lot of time. You can look for pictures from Dr. Seuss all day. So anyways, if we look at the village of Whoville during the story of the Grinch, there's actually no wondering why the Grinch thought that Christmas was about the packages, the decorations, or the stuff usually associated with the Christmas season. Am I right? You look and it's, it is all this amazing stuff that in reality can only happen in a Dr. Seuss book. You know, it's like a Griswold village. The way that they decorate everything is perfect. Everybody's always in a happy mood. There's no, no wonder why the Grinch thought that that is what Christmas was about. To the eye, it looked as though the celebration was about the stuff instead of the reason. So maybe we need to ask ourselves the question, is the Grinch really the culprit here? I'm playing devil's advocate this morning. Was the Grinch really the bad guy or perhaps did the Who's go too far in their celebratory efforts that it overshadowed their reason for celebrating. And if we ask that question, 
Was the Grinch the victim, in fact, because he was misled in his understanding of what was being celebrated because of the unsaid directives of what the Who's were doing? Now, this goes to a deeper thing. I want you to read, I want you to hear Mary's account of what the coming of Jesus Christ meant to her. Luke chapter 1, verse 46. I want you to hear this. Mary visits Elizabeth, and Elizabeth gives her the great blessing that God has blessed you above women and your church, and your child is blessed, sorry. So this is what Mary says. Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he took notice of his lowly servant girl. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation, and all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things, and he has scattered the proud and the haughty ones. And he has brought down princes from their thrones, and he has exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, and he has sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. So Mary's message of the first Christmas story had absolutely nothing to do with lights or with special foods or any traditions. Matter of fact, there was no traditions for this day until this moment. I want you to hear Jesus' words of what he came to accomplish from John chapter 8, verse 12. Jesus spoke to the people saying, I am the light to the world. To the one who follows me, they will not walk in darkness, but they will walk in the light of life. So as we celebrate Advent and as we think about what it means to be believers, we realize that Christmas is about God revealing himself in the person of Jesus Christ. And we have to ask ourselves, do we point towards this celebration with our Christmas traditions? Or do we perhaps do more as the who's do? That's a hard thing to say. Do we potentially point people to worship the wrong things because our efforts to worship or our efforts to celebrate go too far? There was a note here uh, in the, the series and getting ready. It said, be careful that you don't try to become the Grinch towards somebody's Christmas traditions. And so I, I want to tell you, I'm not trying to be a Grinch. And I'm not trying to condemn anybody. Because the, the good thing is, is that we can make every story tell the story of Jesus Christ. We can make every tradition, everything that we do become a testimony to what Jesus Christ has come to establish for the people. But we have to ask, is the same that is true with the understanding of, of Christmas maybe something that points as a truth for the way that we undertake the Christian faith or the church life? In our efforts to be a church, do we sometimes go too far in building our castles and anointing the things that we feel are necessary for worship that church becomes more about worshiping the role or the act that we are to accomplish instead of the person that the worship was meant to adore? For ourselves, 
if we think about it? Have we become more attached to the idea of worship that we see only the things in front of us instead of the who they were meant for? You know, as the Grinch learned, some things feel like Christmas, but in fact, they really aren't. A present is like the number one thing you think of when you think of Christmas. But he learned it was not about the presents that they celebrate. There are things that we celebrate and we look forward to each year that feel like Christmas. But do they tell the story of Christ's birth? There are things each week we expect in church But in reality, for our hearts, they do nothing to worship or honor Christ or what he has come to accomplish. So like the who's, our celebratory efforts fail to tell the story that we have been given to tell. Do we fail to tell the story of Jesus the Messiah, the Savior of the world, in our traditions? Because the nativity story is a story that needs to be told. And it needs to be told well. So how can we connect the story of God's story with our Christmas story? To the story of our worship. I remember when I got into a fight with my sister, I learned a very valuable lesson. I presented my side as the victim. And mom said, okay, I need to talk to your sister because I know there's always more to the story. Well, it turns out I was the antagonist. I didn't think I was because I lost, but apparently I started the whole thing. I see that now. I still don't think it's a right judgment, but it is what it is. There's always more to a story than what we see at first glance. Is the story of Jesus Christ presenting the fullness of what he came to do or is our first glance that people see perhaps pointing people in a different direction? So the things that the who's seemed to celebrate were things that were able to be taken away. But yet the things that Christ came to celebrate or to to bring for us to celebrate are not things that can be taken away. So does your understanding of Christmas Does your faith in Jesus Christ depend on things that can be taken? I think that's really what today really centers on. When Christmas isn't Christmas, is it Christmas based on things that Jesus came to bring or the Christmas based on things that we give importance to? And if this is your understanding of Christmas, How can we change that? That's my alarm for Matt to quit talking. (laughs) You're welcome for that. So my challenge for you is this today. How can we as a church, as Win First United Methodist Church, and as individual believers, people who have professed a faith in Jesus Christ, how can we make sure that our traditions And the things that we give people as a glimpse of the story of Jesus Christ be the true message of hope that Jesus' birth was the arrival of salvation and the chance for peace with God and with other people. As Christians, we get to tell the story of Jesus. 
It's not a responsibility that we have that if we don't do it, we're not doing it right. It should be the joy of everything that we undertake in life to get to tell the story of a baby who was born in a manger, who came to turn the order of humanity on its head and to create a new chapter in the history of God with humanity. So we have to ask ourselves, are we pointing others to him or are we pointing other people to pay more attention to things that are fleeting, things that are temporary, things that don't compare to what Christ came to accomplish? Will you join me in a word of prayer? God, we thank you for the story of Jesus Christ, for a message of salvation and the message of a love from a holy and a perfect God that begins before we realize it, that one night in a manger, a baby with no home, with no crib, with no clothes, came to take back what sin had broken, came to deliver a promise of hope and of peace and a giving of joy in a dark world. God, I ask that as your ambassadors, as your storytellers, God, that you would help us to ask ourselves all the time, does the story that we tell, the thing that we point people to, does it point to the true celebration and the message of Jesus Christ? And I ask that your spirit would be with each one of us, that you would help us to be wary of the message that we preach with our lives, with our celebrations, and with the things that we hold dear. God, we thank you that we get to tell the story of Jesus. And we ask that by your grace and through the power of your spirit, that we would tell your story well. We pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.